This is the Daily Dispatch podcast with your business correspondent, Ted Keenan. According to Wendy Alberts, who heads up South Africans Restaurant Association, of her 10,000 members, 3,000 have gone under. And with those 3,000, thousands upon thousands of jobs. Today we look at how best restauranteurs can survive the lockdowns and their views of the future. My name is Michael Butcher. Uh, I'm presently at Cafe Jardine, Floridale Nursery. Um, it's a coffee shop and it's about 90% of it is based on an outdoor environment. My name is Zinzi. Uh, I'm from the Eastern Cape. I run the bistro. Uh, the bistro is in the office park in Beacon Bay. My name's Natasha Hogg. Um, I'm the new owner of Lavender Blue. Um, former owner of Sanook Cafe, Sanook Eatery and Cantina and Craft. Natasha, perhaps we can just keep going with you. The food industry has been, if you believe the statistics, absolutely decimated. It's become an amazing, an amazing challenge. What are the two or three things that have kept you going? Just, yeah, to answer that, uh, luckily I managed to sell all three restaurants just before COVID hit. Um, we sold Cantina in March um, and shortly after that we went into lockdown. Um, I've recently, in the last three weeks, just purchased lavender and got back into the food industry. Um, I'd like to think that I've missed the missed the worst. <laughs> um, but yeah, we'll have to see what the, the future holds. Mike, what about you? You've been in the business a long time. You've had various places. Is this, is this the toughest period you've ever had to face? Yeah, definitely. It's, um, I mean, the, the three months of COVID lockdown were devastating i mean uh, we were very very close to closing the business but amazingly enough we bounced back pretty quickly which is i'm very grateful for um and i think it has something to do with the fact that people felt quite safe in our environment that it's outdoors zinzi you are the newest entry into the restaurant chain what kept you going yeah, that was the worst year ever. However, what kept me going was my guys. We've got an incredible team. We've started together based in 2018. So it was the, 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 the passion that we had and also the support that I got from my landlord. He came on board. He came on board really because he could see what we were going through and then we had to make plans to, to carry us through. So basically without my landlord, I don't know what I would have done. And my team as well, amazing team that we just had to know why we started and why we're here. And like you said, with the newest kid in the block, we've only been there for three years. And Oprah, Oprah, what hit us most, sorry, forgot to mention, we're catering for office park. So you can imagine now everyone is working from home. So it was just dead. <laughs> Natasha, has your offer had to change in any way? I think for restaurants in a whole, your offering has got to change. You know, everyone's had to learn to adapt. Um, this whole COVID situation has affected everyone's income. So, yeah, do people have top dollar and are willing to pay? Maybe some, but... You know, the local market, which is what we are trying to capture because we don't have tourists at the moment, um, have also been hit by this. So it's got to be value for money. 
With your experience with the Sanooks and Cantina and Craft, you really seem to have combined with your husband, Jamie, a, a real magic touch. What might change at Lavender Blue if it's not a trade secret? <laughs> Um, so yeah, there will be um, some changes. I think in these past few weeks, we've just been getting to understand the market of lavender blue and what it is that people want. Um, none of the favorites will be going away, but yeah, we have a, a vision of what we want to turn it into, and we just need to mold it with what it currently is and fuse that together. Well, this area is is flying. The motor industry has moved out here thanks to Tony Cottrell and his team. The medical industry has moved out here. And Zinzi, you find yourself right in the middle of this. You could probably not be in a better location. And with the addition of the new suburb that's going to go up between Ganubi and Beacon Bay, where they're looking at 30,000. So possibly your biggest threat is opposition. How do you plan to counter that? Wow, okay. I wasn't aware about the 30,000 that's happening here. Uh, well, with the opposition, we just have to stay on top of our game. That's what we intend to do. And fortunately for me, we're ex we expanding with uh, the premises with the bistro. So our offering will not only go for the, what, like I, what I said, with the coffee shop and the sandwich that we sell to to the office park. So we're definitely expanding, trying to introduce that, 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 that ambience where you can just come for, for dinner. So that's what we actually have in place. The fact that you guys are still going, does it mean there might be franchise opportunities for you in the future? Mm, I think that's a, that's a long way down the line, I think, Ted. Um, certainly I wouldn't be looking at it right now. It's just too unpredictable. Um, and I think if you have a business and it's working, you kind of hold on to it and, and go with that kind of thing. Uh, I wouldn't be considering franchising right now, unless I had very deep pockets. <laughs> Natasha, you have basically were saying that the, there's a semi-franchise situation in Somerset West now where the Sanons have opened up another Sanook. Franchising opportunities for something like Lavender Blue? Um, I think Lavender Blue is unique to its venue. Um, I don't think it's a business that I would look at, at franchising, not at this stage either. Um, yeah, it's all about the location, the dam, the outside seating area. Um, I think, yeah, just to back what you said, to look at franchising now is, is very risky. I mean, even us just taking over Lavender, it's a risk. It's a huge risk, of which I'm very well well aware of. Um, yeah, I think it also just depends on how deep your pockets are. A place can be flying one week, and you go past the next week, and there's nobody there. How does that sort of worry you with your expansion plans, Zinzi? For me... I, I really, I, I think I've had a lot of um, ups and downs last year, so I'm just going with the flow. If my restaurant is full, big ups to that. Do you rely on an accounting company to take the passion out of the results and look at the cold, hard facts? Yes, definitely. I've always relied on our accountant for that. Um, I think, yeah, for us, 
being in the restaurant, we are more focused in the time on what's happening, the quality of the food, the quality of the service, the guests and stuff like that. You definitely need someone that's got your back covered and you can sit and analyse the figures and try and sort it from there. Out of these COVID ashes, are we going to see a new breed of restaurant entrepreneurs? I think the restaurant industry has has changed. This COVID time has made us um, just sort of re-look at things. But, you know, for as long as I've been in the restaurant industry, very little has changed. Um, And, you know, there's not a lot of things that you can actually do to your environment to change it. If you're a a takeaway place, then you stay a takeaway place. If you're a sit-down restaurant, you you stay a sit-down restaurant. You can't merge the two and become a takeaway place when you're not because the customers won't support you. Zinzi, turning to you, should government have done more to assist the restaurant industry? It's a very tricky question because as I'm sitting here, I haven't received any assistance. Uh, it's only now that, I don't know, it's because of the elections that they're coming to my doors. <laughs> really, you can never know, but I think they could have done more. Obviously, I mean, the restaurant industry has covered a lot of jobs. I mean, when I grew up, I was a waiter. We could make more money from that. I mean, the other kids that use that money to take them to varsity. So it really had um, uh, affected a lot of people, and I think they could have done more. But we also what happened last year, funds were missing. But as I'm sitting here, I haven't received any assistance. And the concern is that people will find themselves back at lockdown level five. Natasha, is this a concern for you at all? Yeah, it is a it is a big worry. Um, I remember the night when they announced the level one. Um, I was very surprised because we know when we go do that, it's just a matter of time. Um, we also have December right on our doorstep. So if we look at what happened last year, um, December, um, it was quite a disastrous time for the restaurants. What happened afterwards? I mean, we went back into lockdowns and closures. Um, so, yeah, I'm just worried that it is inevitable that in the next couple of months that is where we will be. Mike, from your side... You get a lot of people in and out of your place. Masks are probably not, not worn when they should be. Will there reach a stage, if our numbers go up, where you might say to people, you can come in and sit down, but I need to see your vaccination certificate beforehand? I'm not going to do that. Um, if I have to by law, then obviously I will comply. But as a... As a business, you, you can't have someone stationed at the door, especially a restaurant, asking for a vaccination certificate to everyone who comes in. It's just, it's just extra wages, it's extra time. It's, and who's actually going to police that? I, I, I think it's unnecessary. I think uh, people will still, they're so used to, to, to following the protocols keep safe, wash the hands, the, you know, they're concerned for their own safety. And I think that will be a motivator rather than having to supply a vaccination certificate. I think maybe in, in uh, what, like uh, big events 
or maybe a soccer stadium or whatever the case is, then sure, when it's a once-off and it's a, a lot of people meeting together at one place, then sure, ask for the vaccination certificate. But you can't ask everyone who's coming and going for a vaccination certificate. I don't think that's practical at all. Natasha, from your side, the, the traffic that goes in and out of Lavender Blue is quite amazing, including all the sweaty cyclists and that <laughs> sort of thing who, who are not worried about it. Vaccination certificates or no vaccination certificates? Um, no, I would go, I wouldn't monitor that, but I would monitor the, the protocols of arriving with your mask on, wearing it when needed to be sanitised, uh, log in with your details, all that stuff. So if something had to happen, we could track back. But vaccination certificate, no. Um, I mean, if you get vaccinated, you can still spread COVID. So I don't really see how that all works, you know. We just have to have the protocols in place. Zinzi, vaccination certificate or no vaccination certificate? Um, also, um, share the same sentiments. I would not ask for for vaccination certificate at all. However, we have to comply with the protocols, social distancing, the sanitizing, wearing of masks. But I cannot do that. Everyone has a right. So if they have not, they've got their own personal reasons, and I don't want to be involved in that. You mentioned earlier that your landlords had been very accommodating. Are they still being accommodating and understanding? Oh, Ted, yes. <laughs> yes, um, definitely. I mean, we are, like I said, we're currently expanding the bistro to accommodate all the hospitals that are being built up the road. We've got two hospitals coming up. We've got the road opening up to Gunubi. So definitely they, they want to see this work. I mean, I've taken over the bistro since 2018, and I was the third tenant from the previous ones. And I'm the one that stayed there longest. So they could see the passion, the drive that I had for food. And also me growing from the graduate from Blue Ribbon to me as Uzinzi today. So they're definitely on board with everything. And even with the rent, everything is just perfect for me. Natasha, you're not really a landlord, but uh, the, the talk in town is, and if you look at Beach Road, the landlords in Beach Road were a pretty tough crowd, but they have gone out of their way to assist restaurants. Do you have colleagues in different restaurants who are finding the same thing? Yeah, a lot of a lot of landlords have come on on board. Obviously, it's also a tough situation um, for them, and that we have to remember as well. But in these times, I think both just have to help each other out to to get through it and see the long term benefits for for both. Mike, this time next year, will we be able to enjoy a cup of Vietnamese coffee at your place? Yeah, certainly hope so. Natasha, hell yes. <laughs> And lastly, Zinzi. Oh, yes. If, if Natasha keeps the bottomless coffee, <laughs> I'll definitely swing by. But definitely, you, I'll be still be there with coffee and everything. Still be there. Natasha, just to close it, you were mentioning evolving point before our podcast started. What do you think your evolving point, evolving point is going to be? Um, it, it's 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 quite a difficult one and an interesting question because as we were chatting, um, 
every every line comes where it needs to evolve. Um, let's look at where we used to rent DVDs. I mean, who rents a DVD now? If you see a DVD store, you're like, oh, what are they doing there? Um, so yeah, everything evolves. And I've often thought of how, when will our point in the restaurant industry come to evolve? Um, and I've gone over it numerous times and I come back to the same answer all the time. The restaurant is socialising. People are social people. They need to be out. Um, you know, they want to go out. They want to be served. Um, so, yeah, I think our point will come where we we are sort of in it now, where COVID's put us in it to, we have to evolve to stay alive. Like we were saying, are we now going to do uh, takeaways even though I'm not a takeaway business? How do I get people to order from me when they used to dine? Um, and I always think of the test kitchen, you know, the test kitchen's closed. And when I arrived in Cape Town, I saw they were doing takeaway burgers. I mean, before you couldn't get a, as a local, you couldn't get a booking for six months um, in advance. And there they were doing takeaway burgers. But that wasn't enough to save them. And they obviously made the decision to to close. So, yeah, I think we still need to give that some, some thought. Zinzi, they say that disruption is one of the best motivators because your back's to the wall and you just have to start doing things differently. Do you have any thoughts on that? In my case, I had to evolve last year and and do things differently and it has worked on my favour because now I do big weddings, I do private shifts, I visit homes, I give them the experience, I button up with wines and jeans. So, yeah, so I, I did, but however, as Natasha said, we have to look at it in a broader way, how the restaurants will evolve, because people need to socialize at the end of the day. Mike, we, oh, I mentioned Vietnamese coffee, which is a real treat at your place. Where do you see yourself evolving in the face of disruption? It is a, that's a tricky question, um, especially for my line of business, where people, as Natasha and Cindy says, People come together because it's a social event. They go out and they sit down because it's a connection they make with people. The fact that you can eat and drink is almost besides the point. It's a bonus that you can. So, yeah, uh, things come along, technology comes along, uh, COVID comes along, and we try and change. And I'm not sure that... You know, restaurants are not going away anywhere. They'll always be there. And the kind of environment that we've created will always be there. So to to move on to some sort of uh, adaptation, be it a takeaway or whatever it is, it's, it's, it's a tricky one. It's, it's hard to, to know that that's where you should be going. But as Zinzi's done, you know, that, that kind of thing makes your business evolve where you, you take your option, your your product, and you change it to suit people's need. We've learned how best to keep going in the restaurant industry. It takes hard work, courage, but also the sense to know that if you're in a deep financial hole, the best way to get out of it is to stop digging.